Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's January 25th, 2022, and that means there's a whole 11 months until Christmas. Today on the show, I'm giving you a trip report from my Christmas vacation at Disney's Alani Resort in Hawaii. We've also got a quick tip for beating the post-Christmas blues, and we'll count down the top five movies that help you transition from Christmas to the new year. Okay, let's start the show. Happy 2022, you believers! Welcome back to the Christmas Cave! I hope your Christmas and New Year's were wonderful. My family and I had a great time. I actually had to go to a mall on Christmas Eve this year because I forgot a last-minute present. Let me tell you, it was not nearly as crazy as I expected. But then I stopped by the grocery store on the way home, and that was a madhouse! We spent Christmas Eve night driving around our new neighborhood looking at all the Christmas lights, and there were some great ones. We stumbled upon a street where all the houses put Clark Griswolds to shame. They even wrapped the street lights in Christmas lights and then strung them across from one streetlight to another so they would go across the street and you got to drive underneath this canopy of Christmas lights. Speaking of canopies of Christmas lights, I noticed so many houses, including my next door neighbor, who had light arches over the sidewalk. Like they made an arch out of PVC pipe or something and then wrapped lights around it and positioned it on the sidewalk so you could walk under it. Did anyone else notice an uptick in that particular decoration this year or is this just a San Jose thing that I was unaware of? I don't know, but I dug it. Then, on Christmas, Santa came and gave the boys just what they wanted. I was very lucky to be given a trip to Disneyland that I get to take in a couple months, and I feel like my wife and mom really appreciated their gifts, too. Then, we went over to a friend's house and had a wonderful Christmas brunch before coming home and packing up for Hawaii, but more on that later. Right now, I'm starting to get that feeling I get when it's been a month since Christmas. Basically, I need a little Christmas. Now. We need a So this is inspired from a Facebook message we got from John. John said, Hey Tim, I love the show. I have an idea for a show if you haven't already done it. Maybe a show about the Christmas blues that come after the holidays. I'm sure it's too late for this year, but that might make a good special episode or January episode. I know I definitely get the blues after the holidays, and I would love to hear some ways to minimize that. Thanks for what you do every month. First of all, thanks, John. And that is definitely something I will devote a full feature segment to in the future. I've even started researching it. So I thought I would share one bit of that research as today's Christmas Now tip. One of the causes of the post-Christmas blues is that you've been anticipating Christmas for so long, and it's in the past now. But psychologically, it feels good to have something to look forward to. So when the post-Christmas blues hit, it's a good time to start planning for next Christmas. When the most recent Christmas is fresh in your mind, it's a perfect time to assess and think, what stuff happened this year do I want to make sure to do next year? What were some things I want to avoid for next year? What stuff did I not get a chance to do that I want to make sure to do next year? 
So for me, this is the first year in our new house, and I don't know if I loved how we decorated it. So I'm already planning what I'll be doing differently next year. Also, I totally forgot to get a real wreath. I have an artificial one with lights already in it that I hang outside, but every year I buy a real one, and for whatever reason, I didn't get around to it this year. Lastly, Brian from the Christmas Past podcast texted me about going to Fantasy of Lights, which is a drive through Christmas light attraction they do every year not far from my new house. I was totally going to go to it, but I never got around to picking a date, and it eventually just passed us by. So those are a lot of things I'm going to work on for next year, and I'm not done planning. I've got more thoughts and ideas. Christmas can't technically be over if you never stop planning for the next one. That sounds more like denial. Well, no one asked you, imaginary listener. It kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. I'm just saying you've eventually got to face the reality that Christmas is over. Yes, and we'll talk about healthy coping strategies another time. But for now, my way to cope is to plan for the future. That said, if you have any tips and tricks for dealing with the post-Christmas blues, send them in to us at christmas at tancast.com so I can share them with the whole class when we do a deep dive into the post-Christmas blues for a future episode. And now it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. This Five Golden Things was actually inspired by another Facebook message we got, this time from listener Carla. She says, Everyone talks about favorite Christmas movies, but in our house, we have a few movies we always save for January and February. These movies either start off at Christmas and carry you through till Valentine's, or are set in winter and give all those fantastic Christmas vibes. They are a great way to keep that Christmas joy coming into the sometimes bleak winter months. Thanks, Carla. She actually gave me a pretty long list of movies, more than five. So I picked my favorite of her five and added one of my own for an honorable mention, and I put them all together for this list. And fortunately, as of the time of this recording, all of these movies are available for streaming on either Disney+, Amazon Prime, or Netflix. So, without further ado, here are the top five movies that'll get you transitioned from Christmas to the new year. Starting with... Number five. Anastasia, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Critics are calling Anastasia a modern masterpiece. You know, he's right. You hear that, child? Can you believe it? It's a magical musical wonder, an enchanting fairy tale that takes its place as an animated classic. Newsweek says there's fun to be had. Ain't that the kick in the head? Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up. She's the real thing, Blair. Anastasia, rated G. So this is a movie that was a thorn in the side to Disney fans for years. Casual viewers would always call this a Disney movie, but it wasn't. It was a Don Bluth film made by 20th Century Fox. But since Disney bought 20th Century Fox, now it technically is a Disney movie. Ownership aside, I haven't seen this one in a while, but I remember being quite taken with it when I saw it in theaters. Which surprised me, because I was a huge fan of the 1956 live-action movie that it's based on. Anastasia is a story of a girl with amnesia, voiced by Meg Ryan, who may be the long-lost Grand Duchess of Russia. It's based on a true story. And by based on a true story, I mean, if you watch Disney's Pocahontas and said, this is way too historically accurate for me, well, then Anastasia is the movie for you because none of what's depicted in this movie happened in real life. It's definitely not a Christmas movie. The bulk of it takes place in the spring, but it does have large sections in the famous Russian snow. And of course, the memorable song Once Upon a December, which kind of sort of counts... Basically, there are some subtle Christmas vibes that you can take from this if you're looking for it. So that's why we put it at number five on these transitional Christmas movies. Number four. While you were sleeping, Disney Plus. 
Lucy found love at first sight. He was perfect. But fate stepped in. God, you smell good. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Who's she? She's his fiance. Part of his family. That's right. You haven't met Jack yet. Welcome to the family. And she's discovering love at second sight. I like Peter's brother. Pull the plug. You're sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. While you were sleeping. Rated PG. First off, I love Sandra Bullock. If you see her, you can tell her I said so. This is the story of how she's crushing on some guy she sees on the train where she works, but she never really talks with him. But she brings him to the hospital when he gets injured and falls into a coma, and his family mistakes her for his girlfriend. Antics ensue when she begins to fall for his brother, Bill Pullman. This is just a solid romantic comedy, and since the whole plot is set into motion on Christmas Day, leading to Sandra Bullock spending Christmas with the dude's family, there's definitely some solid Christmas vibes to catch from this flick. Number three. Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Disney+. Plus. Once in a generation, a beloved classic comes to life. On DVD, Walt Disney Pictures and Walden Media present... Impossible. The epic masterpiece by C.S. Lewis. The future of Narnia rests on your courage. And the DVD event of the year. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. This is the first of the movies based on the books by C.S. Lewis. A bunch of kids climb into a wardrobe and discover a doorway to a land of magical beings and talking animals. The kids have to help free the people of Narnia from the White Witch. The film is filled with wintry imagery because the White Witch cursed Narnia to eternally experience winter, but never Christmas. So, in the kids' journey to save Narnia... They're kind of saving Christmas, if you think about it. Also, they meet up with Father Christmas at one point in the movie, so this will definitely give you a bit of Christmas fix to transition you into the new year. Number two. The Holiday, Netflix. This spring. I'm Miles. I'm Graham. Finding love can be complicated. I'm leaving in nine days. Losing yourself in it. I'm in love with you. Can be wonderful. From the director of Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, on DVD and Blu-ray, March 13th. Now, when Carla included this one, I was a bit confused, because I always considered this a straightforward Christmas movie. If you don't know the movie, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz play two women who've just gotten out of bad relationships. One lives in LA, one lives in London, so they decide to swap homes for Christmas for a change of scenery and perspective. Then, Kate meets Jack Black, and Cameron meets Jude Law, and romantic sparks fly. So you can see why I thought this was your typical Christmas romantic comedy. But in fact, the film goes past Christmas and does in fact end on New Year's Eve. So I'd say this is totally acceptable as a transitional film. But I love Jack Black and Kate Winslet's chemistry in this. They are both so charming. Great watch no matter what time of year, in my opinion. Mentions. Frozen Disney Plus. Your friends have. Yes, they did. Your brothers have. And sisters. Everyone else has. Ooh. Have you seen Frozen? No. You hesitated. Ooh. It's the nation's number one movie with something to offer everyone. Frozen. Now in 3D. Rated PG. So this is the one I added because it helped me win the Christmas Clatter Merry Melee Championship. That's why I stuck it in honorable mentions. Like Anastasia, it's not set at Christmas at all. In fact, I think it's like the spring or the summer. The, the only reason it's all cold and snowy is because Elsa's powers go haywire. But since Let It Go and Do You Want to Build a Snowman have worked their way onto some Christmas playlists, I'd say this is a good transitional flick that'll give you some Christmas vibes, kinda, but really has nothing to do with Christmas. So it's a good transitional movie. Number one. Sleepless in Seattle, Amazon Prime. We're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. You call the radio station? He's in Seattle. He phones in one of those radio call-in shows. 
tells them that his dad needs a new wife. She's in Baltimore. I want to meet you. Where is Seattle? Right. Where is Baltimore? Is this crazy? That's right there. What if this man is my destiny and I never meet him? Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Sleepless in Seattle. Meg Ryan begins and ends this list as she co-stars with Tom Hanks in this classic rom-com about a guy who pours his heart out on a national radio call-in show about his wife who had recently passed away. Meg hears this from across the country and is smitten with this guy. I love this movie even though it contains my least favorite romantic comedy trope where the couple is engaged to be married and then one of them breaks it off right before the wedding. Sorry, Bill Pullman, who played Meg Ryan's fiancé in this movie, but you did fare much better further up the list and while you were sleeping. Now, I certainly never thought of this as a Christmas movie because it famously ends on Valentine's Day, but the action does start at a Christmas Eve party, so this is not only my favorite film on this list, but the best transitional film because it takes you all the way to February. Well done, Sleepless, and well done, Carla, for sending in this idea. If you have some great transitional Christmas movies or ideas for a future Five Golden Things segment, you can send those to me at christmas at tancast.com. And now, even though it's 11 months away, we've got some breaking Christmas bulletins, which means it's time for All I Want for Christmas is News. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. There's a theme to the Christmas news, and that theme is sequels. First up, it's the Santa Claus. We all remember the film where Tim Allen puts on Santa's suit and becomes Santa Claus. Then, of course, the two diminishing return sequels. Well, Disney Plus is bringing Tim Allen back for a limited series that will follow an aging Santa Claus ready to retire and pass the legacy of Santa over to someone new. So far, the only one confirmed to return is Tim Allen, but I've seen a lot of people demanding that David Krumholtz return as Santa's right-hand elf, Bernard, who was in the first two movies, but not the third. However, Krumholtz recently said in an interview that he didn't return for part three because he felt the character was devalued in the script. So if they want Bernard back for this series, they better put some respect on his name. And now for a sequel to an even older Christmas movie. They're working on a Christmas Story sequel. Yes, the sequel is going to follow an adult Ralphie with a family of his own returning to his childhood home in the hopes of giving his kids a magical Christmas. He'll be meeting up with his old friends, dealing with the passing of his father, and apparently there will be many callbacks to the original film. The best part is, the original Ralphie is coming back. Yes, Peter Billingsley is slated to return to his role as Ralphie. You may think you haven't seen him in a while, but Peter has been quite busy, mostly behind the scenes. He produced the Broadway version of a Christmas Story, he directed the 2009 Vince Vaughn film Couples Retreat, he's been a producer or executive producer in a bunch of stuff like F is for Family, The Breakup, and the holiday film Four Christmases. Speaking of Christmas movies, he also had a small acting part in Elf, where he worked with director Jon Favreau. He would team up with Jon Favreau again a few years later to executive produce Iron Man. That's right, Ralphie helped start the MCU. He had a small role in Iron Man, and they brought his character back to feature prominently in Spider-Man Far From Home. Wait, did this suddenly become a Peter Billingsley fan cast? No, but I don't want people to get it twisted. Peter doesn't need to go back to the well for another Christmas story. He's doing fine. So hopefully that means they've come up with a good story to entice him to take up the role again. We'll see you later this year on HBO Max because production begins next month in Hungary. And now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. We're the Elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. 
I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree, sometimes it's a verbal brawl, but each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. Welcome back. In our last episode before Christmas last year, I made you a promise. I'll be back in January with a full report on Disney's Alani Resort in Hawaii at Christmas time, so you won't want to miss that. And I'm able to do that because way back in Christmas of 2020, we decided we wanted to give my mom something really nice for Christmas. 2020 was a real stinker of a year. And also, my mom is so great to me and my wife and especially my kids that we wanted to really give her a showstopper of a gift. So what are four things my mom likes? Hawaii, Christmas, Disney, and hanging out with her grandkids. So we combined all of them into one gift. So the day after Christmas 2021, my family and I packed up and flew to Hawaii to spend the stretch between Christmas and New Year's in paradise. So today, I'm going to give you a trip report from our visit to Alani, starting with this on-the-spot report direct from the islands. Take it away, past Tim. Hello, waiters. It's your boy, Tim, coming to you from the Lazy River at Disney's Alani Resort in Hawaii. We uh, arrived here the day after Christmas. And we've spent a solid week here. We will be leaving the day after tomorrow, January 2nd. In fact, if you have some idea when I'm recording this. I gotta say, it's a great way to spend the post-Christmas blues when you're sad that Christmas is over. Nothing cheers you up like living in a tropical paradise for a week. Uh, the weather's been beautiful. There's beaches, swimming pools, water slides. Uh, I'm going to say the, the, because of COVID, the restaurant options were somewhat limited. Uh, for some reason, I decided I didn't make reservations ahead of time. So there was really only a couple restaurants open to us. And uh, we didn't rent a car, so we couldn't drive anywhere. There is Christmas decorations around the resort. If you choose to come down here for Christmas and want some Christmassy stuff, they've got some wonderful Hawaiian versions of Christmas songs playing as you walk around the hotel, lounge by the pool. Um, Santa Claus is only here on Christmas Eve, so we missed him. But uh, I think Stitch was in his festive Christmas outfit. Duffy was in his festive Christmas outfit. Uh, but basically it's just uh, a nice tropical vacation. Oh, there was plenty of Christmas treats, like there were gingerbread cookies, shortbread cookies, uh, Rice Krispies treats. Uh, sugar cookies. They were all decorated for Christmas. There was a big Rice Krispie ball decorated by like uh, Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. So, uh, I mean, I'm gonna tell you, it's not a cheap thing to do, but if, if you have the means or you're able to, Alani at Christmas definitely gets my seal of approval. All right, back to Tim in the studio. Okay, just to expand a little on what Super Chill Tim was saying, we did arrive the day after Christmas, which was kind of cool to have such a big thing to look forward to right after Christmas. But I also was stressing out a lot about it, too. I don't know if you've flown to Hawaii since COVID, but you have to do way more than just pack a toothbrush. There's a whole website you have to set up a profile on, and every single adult has set up a profile on that website. And the default is you have to quarantine for 10 days when you get to Hawaii. 
Well, our vacation was only eight days, so that wasn't going to work. Fortunately, you can skip the quarantine if you have a negative test right before your flight. Well, as I mentioned, right before we flew was Christmas Day, so I didn't know if there was going to be any testing centers or labs open to either give us or process our tests. The other way you can skip quarantine is if you can show proof that you're vaccinated. But I was stressing out as the end of the year approached because our two boys weren't able to get vaccinated because they were under 12 and they hadn't released an under 12 vaccine yet. Finally, a vaccine got approved for the under 12 kiddos and we rushed to get the boys an appointment because not only did they need to have both shots before we left, there needed to be two weeks between their last shot and the day we landed in Hawaii. Side note, I am super glad we were able to get them vaccinated because with Omicron running around, they caught COVID two weeks after we came back. And thanks to the vaccine, their symptoms were super mild and they only lasted a few days. Wait, so is this COVID cast now? No, I'm just giving some background information. If you're flying to Hawaii, you gotta know this stuff. This is a trip report. I gotta set the stage. The stage is set plenty. It's time to raise the curtain. Oh, is it time to light the lights? What, what, what is this? What's happening right now? It's a theme song. You know, to the, to the Muppets. Because I, I thought, could, you know, your voice, you, you kind of sound like, you know what, never mind. Back to the trip report. We got through all the screening processes and arrived in Hawaii. We took a lift to the resort from the airport, which I won't lie to you, was not the cheapest lift ride I've ever had, but renting a car in Hawaii just wasn't going to be worth it for us. And that turned out fine because we really didn't leave the resort at all the entire time we were there. I wanted my mom to have her own room while we were there so we weren't crammed on top of each other for a week, so I splurged on a two-bedroom villa with an island view. The room was nice. Two balconies overlooking Oahu, a full kitchen with stove, oven, dishwasher, full fridge, and freezer. And that came in handy because I'm lucky enough to have a mom who likes... She actually likes walking to the store. And there was an ABC store right across the street from the resort where we picked up some essentials so we didn't have to eat out for every single meal. Plus, there was a washer and dryer in the room for your wet swim clothes. Now, there were quite a few people checking in the day we arrived, or to put it another way, the lobby was a madhouse. But I used the Alani app to check in online, and I got to stand in the shorter line. But our rooms weren't ready yet, so we just sort of did a self-tour of the place. They had some Christmas decor in the hotel, several Christmas trees and wreaths with all Hawaiian-themed ornaments on them. But I gotta admit, I was expecting to be whole hog Christmas like Main Street at Disneyland, and it wasn't really that. Like, you could tell it was Christmas, but it wasn't like, CHRISTMAS! After wandering for a while, the room wasn't quite ready yet, so we had dinner at the restaurant that would become our go-to, Off the Hook. They have a lot of safe stuff like burgers and hot dogs, but also fish tacos and flatbreads and salads. We ended up eating there quite a few times over the course of the week. After dinner, we got up to our room and went to bed pretty early since we were still on California time. And that served us well the next day, because the main piece of advice that Kristen from Nostalgia gave me before we left was, get down to the pool early to reserve a chair, because they go fast. And we did just that the next morning. And I found out everyone needs a wristband to use the pools and water slides. And it's a different colored wristband every day. Fortunately, our line for towels and wristbands wasn't very long when we went early in the morning. But if you go at the wrong time, you could be waiting in that line for a while. Thankfully, a family sitting next to us gave a super helpful tip. You don't have to wait until morning to get your wristbands. You can get them after 4 p.m. the previous day. So the first day we set up right by the water play area that's for the smaller kids, which my youngest loved. He was all about it. He went up and down this little mini water slide thing, I would say conservatively a billion times. We were also close to the Lazy River, which was my favorite. I love a Lazy River. They don't call it a Lazy River. They call it Waikahole Stream, which means mischievous water. But I promise you, I was plenty lazy in there. They also have a cool cave that you float through. It reminds me of, if you've ever been to Disneyland, the part where you go through the Cave of Wonders, which used to be the 
Snow White and Seven Dwarves mine when you go through Storybook Land. It's like being able to float through that on an inner tube or just swim through it. Anyway, I like that part a lot. They also have two water slides. One of them you don't need a tube for, and it's pitch black and super fast. Then the other you do need a tube, and they have either single or double tubes so you can go by yourself or with a friend. If you go with a seven-year-old, make sure he sits in front, because I made the mistake of sitting my fat, jolly self in front, and when we hit the end of the slide, we flipped over spectacularly. There's also three all-ages hot tubs and one 18-and-over hot tub, so those were nice. There were also multiple pools, but we spent the bulk of our swimming time at the Infinity Pool because it had a cool little cave area as well and also an awesome view of the private beach. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, there's a private beach as well. You can rent paddle boards or go out on a boat. We didn't do either of those things, but we did have a lot of fun playing in the sand, building sandcastles, and making sand sculptures of things like Mickey Mouse, a Christmas tree, Darth Vader, and Kermit the Frog. Oh, right! Kermit the Frog! Someone call me? No, not you. I'm talking about the actual Kermit the Frog. Well, excuse me! So, as a backstory, years ago, I won a trip to Hawaii in a karaoke contest, and I took my buddy Andy with me, and we were both hopelessly single at the time. So I had the thought that I'd bring my Kermit the Frog puppet with me as a way to get conversation started with the ladies. This both worked, and also didn't work at all the way I planned. But once I was in Hawaii, I committed to the bit, and nearly all of our photos from that trip were of Kermit and not of us. I got shots of Kermit at the beach, Kermit at a luau, Kermit in the hotel, you get the idea. Fast forward to this trip, to Alani, I decided to bring Kermit with me again. So the entire time we were at the resort, the only photos I posted on Instagram and Facebook were of Kermit. Let me tell you, taking a Kermit the Frog puppet to Hawaii and posing him in various funny places by the beach, by the pool, still as much fun now as it was 20 years ago. Okay, back to the trip report. There was another restaurant, the Ulu Cafe, more of a cafeteria-style place that had some great options, including some great breakfast stuff like French toast and breakfast croissants. And then for lunch and dinner, they had some grab-and-go sandwiches or some pretty hefty main courses that would change every day. But they always looked too big for me to finish, so I never got one. They also had the bulk of the Christmas sweet treats that you heard Lazy River Tim mention at the beginning of this segment. Speaking of food stuff, fans of Disney parks know the one food that's associated with Disney and Hawaii... The Dole Whip, a pineapple ice cream treat that is single-handedly keeping the Tiki Room line long. While at Alani, they actually have four different flavors of Dole Whip. Classic pineapple, mango, watermelon, and vanilla. We managed to try all four of them over the course of our stay, and I think my favorite was actually vanilla. I know that's pretty sad, because it's essentially just the same flavor as that soft-serve thing that you can get at McDonald's, but what can I say? I like what I like. We all agreed watermelon was the worst, but you can't go wrong with classic pineapple. Another famous frozen Hawaiian treat is shaved ice. We made sure to partake in that as well. You can get them with Mickey ears on them if you want, but my 10-year-old informed me that that was just too much shaved ice. So, if swimming, hot tubbing, lazy rivering, and beaching doesn't hold your interest, there are other activities available. They have what's essentially a big aquarium that you can snorkel in, but that costs extra and the line was super long and none of us were adventurous enough to try it. They also do a luau... And that is an extra charge too, plus you have to make reservations in advance, which, despite me booking this vacation more than a year ahead of time, I somehow forgot to do. Same with reservations to the fancy restaurant at the resort, Makahiki. It looked pretty nice, but we never got to go in because I'm a fool. But they do offer a free scavenger hunt, which was fun. You basically check out this little tablet for an hour, and it has this interactive video that basically takes you around to different spots in the resort, and you find different things that either light up or make noise or move or some combination of the three. And it's actually pretty cool. The only issue is the stops on the scavenger hunt are randomly generated. Like, it'll send you here, then it'll send you there, then it'll send you here. Unfortunately, 
once you've done it for a while, they start repeating, but you don't know if you've completed all of them yet. So I'm not sure if we saw everything that there was to see on the scavenger hunt, but we definitely did have a lot of fun doing it. But here's my hot tip though. Try to do the scavenger hunt at around dusk because there's some of the light up effects that look really cool once it's darker, but you don't want to go too late at night because when it's dark, it's really hard to find your way around to the different spots you're trying to find in the scavenger hunt. So what you want to do, hit that sweet spot. Dusk, baby. Alani also does movies on the lawn, where they'll show a family-friendly movie on an outdoor screen so you can enjoy a movie and the lovely Hawaiian air. We were lucky enough that our balcony faced that lawn, so we got to watch Monsters, Inc. from the comfort of our sixth-floor patio. One thing we did right before we left was t-shirt stamping. My mom hooked us up with this. Now, there is a fee for this, but what they do is they set you up in a room, and you get a plain white t-shirt and a bunch of stamps and paints, and you use the stamps and the paints to put your own design on your shirt. And the stamps are different Hawaiian style symbols. Uh, there's a, even Hawaiian style Mickey Mouse and there's a turtle and there's a fish and other just Hawaiian shapes. I used mine to make a Christmas tree, but we all had fun making them and it was a great thing that we then had the souvenir to take home. There was also a thing available where you could make your own Mickey ears, but we're not really a Mickey ears kind of family. So we didn't partake in that. But if that's your thing, that's an option available for you at Alani. One thing I wish I'd done earlier in the trip, or even before we left, was gotten this little waterproof pouch for my phone. Basically, it's a clear plastic pouch you wear around your neck, and it lets you go in the pool with your phone. And you can still operate your phone through the pouch. Like, you can press there, and you can respond to texts, you can make calls, you can take videos. And I don't know why I waited till the second to last day to buy one, because it was so much fun taking photos and videos in the pool. You may have seen the video of me lip-syncing Melikalikimaka underwater on our TikTok. That was filmed with the pouch. Speaking of filming things underwater, I have to warn you that the chlorine at Alani is no joke. I didn't bring goggles, so I opened my eyes underwater to shoot my videos. At night, my eyeballs were on fire! Oh, and speaking of fire, one thing Lazy River Tim didn't mention because it hadn't happened for him yet was the fireworks. See, we were still there New Year's Eve, and let me tell you, Oahu loves some fireworks. There were some official ones you could go down to the private beach and watch at midnight, but none of us were ready to be up and out of the room that late. But starting at 7 p.m. or so, I'm pretty sure the entire island of Oahu celebrated New Year's for every time zone. About every hour, we could look out our balcony and see fireworks all over the island. That's when I discovered you can make any fireworks show Christmassy as long as you play the Disneyland Christmas fireworks show music while you're watching it, which I totally did. So all in all, we had a terrific time. My mom loved it, which is great because that was kind of the point. My kids loved it. My wife loved it. It wasn't dripping with Christmas or even really Disney, but it had just enough of both of those things to make it a magical Disney Christmas Hawaiian vacation. Aloha, Kalikimaka. And that's our show for today. But before we go, I have to acknowledge a special group of people. The Nostalgia Podcast is ending after a brilliant 14-year run of giving us the best Disney info, interviews, anecdotes, trip reports, and banter you will ever hear. I was lucky enough to be on their second-to-last show, along with a number of their best guests over the years. I put a link to that episode in the show notes, but I would be remiss if I did not take some time on my own show to thank Jeff, Dave, Becky, and Kristen for nearly a decade and a half of such a joyous show. I said it on their show, and I'll say it again. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast would not be nearly what it is without the support, encouragement, and example of Maustalgia. I mean, Kristen is literally playing the accordion for us right now as we speak. So while this chapter of the Maustalgia story is ending, I look forward to supporting your future endeavors individually and as a group, because even if you're not not recording a show every week, you'll always be the Nostalgia family in my heart. 
Carpe Kingdom, Yule Believers. Seize the magic and keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2022. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! So I thought I would share one bit of that research as today's Christmas Now tip. And then I'm going to lose my place while I'm reading and then uh, try and get back on track. That said, if you have any tips and tricks... That said, if you have any tips and trips, tips and trips like tripping my tongue over the words, I can't read them when I try to read them, becomes our gobbledygook. That said, if you have any tips and trips. <laughs> who may be the long lost Grand Duchess of Russia. Who may be the long lost Grand Duchess of Russia. Russia. What do you say, Russia, for? This is not the name of my country. I'm sorry? Yes, you better be. Say it correctly next time. Oh, boy. Classic rom-com about a guy who pours his hout out. He pours his hout out. Don't pour out your hout out. Now you got hout out everywhere. Can we get a cleanup of hout out on aisle Christmas? Classic rom-com about a guy who pours his hout out. No! No! Why? Classic rom-com about a guy who pours his heart out on a national radio call-in No! They don't call it a lazy river. They call it Guacahole. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Guacahole. Colohe, Waikolohe, Waikolohe. I bet I, I bet it's wrong. Tim, you could look it up. Nope. Forge ahead. Be wrong, but be wrong with confidence. <laughs> <laughs>